Christina Hillstrom's journey to advocating for vulnerable children began 15 years ago when she spent several months in the orphanages of Ecuador. Her time there opened her eyes to the tragedy of broken families and also the strength and innate goodness of children. Her experience ignited a desire inside of her to speak up and raise awareness for vulnerable children. She has since gotten involved with and volunteers for several nonprofit organizations who work tirelessly to fight for and support children in need. She started an Instagram page, Amity and Anthem, in hopes of starting a conversation and raising awareness for children in foster care. Her example of following her heart and taking action for a cause that she feels passionate about is exactly the type of inspiration I am hoping to spark here on this podcast. She is a sweet and genuine soul with a mission to do good. Christina is here to help us all learn more about the great need to wrap our arms around those in the foster community. So let's take a listen. Hi, Christina. Thank you so much for being with us today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome. Me too. I'm so happy to share all the work that you're doing, all this great work you're doing. So you are an orphan and foster care advocate. You serve on the board for the Dallas-Fort Worth Angels, and you have an Instagram account called Amity and Anthem, which is dedicated to sharing foster care stories. What was it that initially led you to this work and inspired your passion for foster care advocacy? Yeah, um, I feel like looking back on my life, I feel like I've kind of always been I feel like there's breadcrumbs along my experience that just have, have, have always been there. I feel like they've always kind of been leading me to where I am now, um, just kind of the experiences that I've been through in my childhood. But I think initially, or one of the biggest things that kind of propelled this journey was my time in Ecuador. So I spent four months in Ecuador with a nonprofit organization in the orphanages down there. And that was huge and just so impactful for me. I think it was the first time that I had kind of been outside my quote unquote bubble to kind of see a different perspective and a different way of life. Um, and to be able to kind of witness the tragedy of broken families so large scale was just really eye opening for me. Um, but even more than I think kind of the heartache and everything, the thing that was most powerful for me was, um, the resilience and just the strength and like just the goodness that I found in these children. They had been through so much, they had lost so much, but they were so quick to love and they were so hopeful and they were just so full of light that it really kind of ignited this desire inside of me to come home and to, you know, do something, something for those children in, in the U S and just kind of made a promise to myself that I would never forget them. And just do something that, that would kind of honor them and, and that experience that I had. And so um, that was definitely kind of a big, a big point for me in my life. And, and since then I kind of came home and obviously a lot of life happened. I became a mom and all of that, but I finally just, I, that kind of feeling inside of me and that, that pull never went away. And so I decided to kind of take a, a leap of faith and reach out to a lot of different organizations and start learning about the crisis in the U.S. and the foster care system. And that's kind of what initially got me going. And I mean, I imagine that time in Ecuador was so powerful, like such a powerful experience. And I think it's awesome that you 
that stuck with you and that you really followed through with those feelings, those the pull on your heart to do something. And so can you explain for us what what was your first step? You know, where did you go first to start being involved in foster care advocacy? Was it your your work with the Fort Worth Angels? Did that come first? Yeah, initially I kind of I just started doing a lot of research online, trying to kind of learn a little bit more about the foster care system. Um, I grew up, I had never heard anything about it, which is crazy to me. And so I just wanted to learn a little bit about it. Um, a lot of prayer and a lot of thoughts. And honestly, I just Googled some, some local nonprofits and I just kind of call, cold called them and, or, and just kind of said, Hey, I want to get involved. Um, one of them CASA, which I, I think, um, we'll talk about, I just showed up and I just said, Hey, I know this is crazy, but I just feel so strongly that I need to be involved in this work. What can I do? And of course, um, all of these organizations are so amazing and so grateful. And so they find ways they've just welcomed me in. Um, and then, and same kind of same thing with DFW angels. I kind of stumbled upon them, I think on Instagram and, and did a little bit of digging there and just got in touch with the president of the DFW chapter and was like, Hey, I need to be involved. This is amazing. And, um, we met for breakfast and just chatted. And I, I just said, this is something I'm so passionate about. Um, how can I help? That's awesome. And so you just took the initiative to find a way to get involved somehow, some way. And so what is it that you do now when you volunteer? What kind of role do you play? Yeah. So, um, with DFW Angels, I serve on the board and I'm in charge of all of their fundraising events, which is really fun. Um, and so we work really closely as a board and we, we meet um, monthly and talk about the needs of the children in our program, the foster children in our program. And, um, and then CASA, I also so, uh, serve with them on their fundraising committee. So I help a lot with um, kind of the fundraising aspect of it. And, but, and we'll kind of talk and talk about with DFW Angels, there's so much opportunity to get involved and to have, have interactions with the children. And that's one of the things I love about them. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. What is it that they do exactly? And what do you see are like the greatest needs for the foster care, the children and the families? I think the biggest thing I found from kind of just my experience, what I've seen is just, they need a lot of community support. And so that's what I love about DFW Angels. So their program founded by Susan Ramirez, and it started in Austin, Texas. And now there are chapters nationwide, which is amazing. So you can find one that's close to you. But basically, they have a Love Box program and a Dare to Dream program. And the Love Box program is basically their whole, their whole mission is to wrap community around foster care. So we support foster families and the foster children. Um, the Love Box program, you'll mat- be matched with a foster family that's kind of in your area. And then you it's a one-year commitment. And so every month you go and you visit with the child and with the family. And you can take them things that they need in your Love Box, whether it's school supplies or, um, you know, art supplies, or maybe if they're going to try out for the basketball team, you can take them, you know, basketball or shoes or just kind of basically meeting their needs. But more than that, it's not about the temporal things. It's more about the relationship that you're building. And so 
you you're there with them for a year. You get to know them. The family, the foster family feels more supported and the more supported the foster family feels, you know, the better it trickles down to that child, the more the foster child feels loved and like they have a community around them. I think everybody really thrives in that situation. And so I love that program. And then their Dare to Dream program is a mentorship program where same thing, you get matched with a, a foster youth. So somebody that is going to age out of the system or is at risk for aging out of the system and um, you can become a mentor for them. So this is something that's like, how can I help you get ready for college? Let's go through these applications. Let's let's help you obtain a driver's license. Let me teach you how to cook. Let me show you what it's like to, you know, pay your bills. Let's come up with a budget, you know, real, real life skills that sometimes these children don't have just because of the lack of the support system in their lives. Um, and foster families do a great job at, at filling in the gaps for sure. Um, so this is just an, a supplemental program that can really make a difference for those, the youth as they are about ready to embark on a you know, a new journey, being an adult and being on their own. That's so cool. And I love how you say their their purpose is to wrap community around these families, because as important as it is what the foster families are doing for the children, I, I can see how that would be that much more important that they also have a community around them that's supporting the family as well. Absolutely. I think that's so great. And so that is with the Dallas-Fort Worth Angels, correct? And yes. what does CASA do? So CASA is another organization I love so much. Um, CASA, it stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. And so it's been around since like the 70s. And it's kind of a cool story. It was started by a judge in Seattle area. Um, and he, you know, after making all these decisions in his courtroom and trying to kind of decide really the, the story of so many youth. He just said, it's, it's, he said, it terrified me to make decisions about kids when I didn't have anybody there. And so he kind of created this program and basically, um, these CASAs are trained advocates. So they go through like 30 plus hours of training and, um, they're volunteers that once the child is removed from their home, they are given a CASA and the CASA remains with them throughout the entire case. So however long it takes for them to uh, go through the court system, whether they are reunified with their family, whether they are, you know, placed in a group home or a foster home or made ready for adoption, they are there the entire time. And their role is to just get to know the child, to go with them to their doctor's appointments, to their schools, get to know every aspect of their life and to kind of see what situation they need to be in order to really thrive. And I love it because when you get in the court system, there's so many different parties that have different goals, I guess you could say. And the CASA is solely there for the child. There's no other agenda. There's nothing else. Is than They are there just to say, okay, this is what this child needs. And um, it's been really neat to, to get to know CASA and they're so well-respected in the courtroom that a lot of times the judges turn right to them and say, okay, tell us what you think. Does this child need to go, you know, in, in a different foster home? Do they need to be placed in a group home? Do they need to, are they thriving? What can we do? And so it's just such a, an amazing program that has just really, really changed the way that children 
experience foster care. I love, I love CASA so much. That's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing all that information because I think it's important for people to understand. I just learned a lot in everything that you told me. (laughs) I think it's important for people to understand what this process is like for the kids that are in foster care and how we can help support them by supporting organizations like this. So you have um, four children of your own. And I started thinking about, you know, just being a mom myself, I have three young kids. And I also have this work that I'm passionate about on the side of things. And it's sometimes challenging to, you know, make sure your passion gets divided evenly <laughs> between your own family and the, these other people that you care about that you're trying to to advocate for. But I was also wondering in what ways you'd say your own experience with motherhood drives your passion for advocacy or more deeply connects you to this work? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like being a mom has, has been and will always be the most, um, impactful driving force between behind everything that I've done because I, I I look at my children and I I cherish like the relationship that we have and I look at them and I I can't imagine other children not knowing that type of love. And so for me it's really made something so I feel like initially for me was was kind of distant. I didn't understand foster care. I didn't understand how it worked. I didn't I couldn't even necessarily relate initially. And, and once I became a mom, it was like, wow, it, it became so much more real for me to be able to look at my own kids and to see how just naturally good they are. And they want to love, they want to please. They just, and to be able to kind of think about so many children. I mean, there's like, there's over 442,000 children in foster care right now who don't get to experience that kind of security and that kind of, love and it just it just makes it almost unbearable for me or it really propels me into to into this space and keeps me going is is a big part of of my I think my children do that for me and it gives me the chills just listening to hear you say that because I can relate as a mom and I think many other moms would relate in the same way that to hear of that many children not having you know the the unconditional love that we give our children to, to hear of them not having that is heartbreaking, but yeah. um, it also is is a source of inspiration for us to do something to help them to support these organizations and the work that people mm-hmm. like you are doing. I think it's just so important. And um, I wanted to share with my listeners, if you don't mind, uh, you had sent me a bio ahead of time uh, prior mm-hmm. to our interview. And there's something that you said that also gave me the chills because it really resonates with me it's so in line with exactly why I'm interested in sharing stories of goodness here on this podcast, because I'm hoping my listeners will gain something from hearing stories. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what you were speaking about. I'm going to read this quote real quick. You said you were speaking about when you first began your journey into foster care advocacy, and you started to hear stories of many different people who had been touched by foster care in some way. And you said, As I listened to these stories, something changed inside me. Strangers began to resemble someone familiar and different in my heart. In some small way, I could see myself in their journey. Misconceptions were replaced with compassion. 
assumptions were replaced with admiration, and distance was replaced with community. We all have a story, stories that testify of our heartache, humanity, divinity, growth, strength, and goodness. And maybe if we hear more stories, we can love more freely. We can relate. We can connect. We can break down barriers and build new bridges. My journey into foster care has made me realize just how connected we are. I think this was so powerful to read and so well said. And it led me to wonder, what would you say you've seen as the greatest outcome thus far of sharing stories on your Instagram account, Amity and Anthem, for this platform that you use? What have you found is is the greatest outcome? I think it's been really interesting and really beautiful to see how um, just talking to different people, I think initially people don't quite understand foster care or there's definitely some stereotypes, some barriers that kind of hold people back from wanting to get involved or maybe some fears or misconceptions. And so something really beautiful that I've seen is just as we share these stories, there's something really powerful about our story because we all have a story. And when, you know, you see someone on the side of the road, you instantly pass this assumption or you make an assumption about them. And it's, it's, we all do it. Yeah, definitely. You know, (laughs) we all do it. But I, I wish that, you know, if we had the time to actually, you know, hear that person's story or read their story in a book, we would, I'm, I'm convinced we would just love everybody, you know, And so I think the idea of sharing stories is so powerful because it does break down those barriers. And all of a sudden you think, have you ever met someone and you, you kind of have an assumption about them and then you get to know them and you're like, wow, I totally can connect with this person. I I can see myself in their story and I've been through something similar and, um, all of a sudden they're just someone completely different. And so I think I just wish we had the ability to know people's stories more quickly. And so what I, you know, what I really wanted to do for Amity and Anthem was just find a way to share stories and just kind of break down those barriers. And I think it's been really cool to see as people have learned more about what it's like to be a foster parent. I share stories about from stories from foster moms and foster dads. Um, They've, you know, it's opened their eyes to what that's really like. And they've been able to be touched by that. And as I've shared stories of former foster youth who grew up in the foster care system and shared, you know, went through some really hard things, but they've been able to break out of that system and do amazing things with their lives. You know, people are inspired and it changes the way that they think of, of that population. And so, um, for me, it's just been able, it's been really rewarding to, to hear people say, Oh, wow. You know, I, I learned something different or that's amazing. Now I I do feel connection there. And I think just raising awareness has been being able to see people understand more and recognize how connected we are. You know, we're all, we're all in this together and we're all so different, but yet if you, if you break, if you go down to the core, we just, we all want to love and we all want to be loved, you know, it's very universal. For sure. And I, that's why I think it's so great what you're doing because you're, you're shedding light on a topic that, like you said, hasn't really been... Um, explained very well to anyone that's outside of this world of foster care. And social media is just such a great platform in that way. I found that even in my own work with Project Scleroderma that, you know, we found that we're able to get a message out there 
um, more clearly or, you know, with our videos, we're able to explain more clearly what people are dealing with uh, by sharing stories. Exactly like you said, it really is a powerful tool. So also on your Instagram account, I noticed you do a lot of inspirational posts speaking to other moms and just encouraging very real conversation about motherhood which is is awesome. I think we all need that. And I'm wondering how important would you say it is for moms today to support one another, especially if you're going through foster care or, um, you know, dealing with these type of situations, but any, any moms, you know, how important would you say it is for us to support one another? Oh, I think it's so important. I think, um, I, I, I love being a mom. I feel like it's been like this one thing in my life that has completely changed the way that I view everything. And also it's kind of made me realize what a beautiful influence we have as mothers. Um, you know, we can go out and do things in the world, but really I think the legacy that I hope to leave will be, you know, wrapped up in my little kids. And, and we have such an amazing and beautiful opportunity to kind of really kind of influence the world in a way from how we love our children at home. And so but it's hard, right? I mean, yes, yes, it's, it's <laughs> and that's the truth of it, <laughs> right? It's it's definitely there's no way around it. It is the hardest thing I've ever done, and and I think all moms can agree. And so I think this community to be able to have each other and to be able to I try to be a little vulnerable and on Instagram and real to show people that like this is hard and I am struggling in motherhood and I'm trying to figure it out. Um, but at the end of the day, we have each other. And um, I think I just think it's such an, an amazing platform that we have as mothers, too, especially pertaining to foster care, um, because there's so many children that, that don't have mothers right now. And so we can kind of use our platform to step up and speak out for these kids and and um yeah, I and be there for them huge. in that way. I, and I think yes. it's just uh, very <laughs> admirable that you you know, you kind of take your work a step further and open up that way on your account and you're vulnerable enough to share with other moms because you're right. It is very hard. It's a very hard job. And yeah. um, I would imagine, too, for the foster care families, it's a different level of hard because you're yes. taking in a new member into your family, oftentimes with some of your own biological children there. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to navigate all of that. And I would imagine that these foster care moms draw strength from some of your posts as well. Just the reminder that we're all in this together. It's not easy, but we're here for each other. I just think that's so important. And uh, also on your account, you spoke about how you used to carry your passions quietly with you until you realize that passions aren't usually random. They're put, they're put on our hearts for a reason. I love what you said there because I totally agree. And uh, you go on to talk about how doing something significant for someone else does not necessarily have to be something huge or dramatic. And that's something I really like to highlight on this show, how we can be inspired to tap into our own passions and talents and leverage them to make a difference in the world. Um, I'm wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit uh, in terms of what your view is on that. Yeah, I really believe just from my own experience, I kind of felt like I had this um, kind of this pull on my heart for so long. And I kind of I'm not naturally a very outspoken person, I guess I'm maybe a little more reserved and shy. Um, and so, you know, that was very, initially it was a little bit scary for me to kind of share that, 
but it just never went away. And I finally decided that this, these feelings were put on in my, in my heart for a reason. And that sometimes our passions are not, um, just random, but they are calling, they are our callings. And so I finally decided that, you know what, this is something that I think I need to do that I'm, you know, meant to do. And, um, I think you're doing something similar, which I love and admire. And when we follow kind of that prompting or that pull inside of us, it's awesome to see kind of how the way is kind of illuminated for you and you, you know, doors open and you meet amazing people. And so I would just encourage everybody to do that. You know, we all have these things that mean so much to us. And if we just have the courage to speak out about them and to share them, then other people are, you know, not only encouraged, but it gives other people the courage to speak yes, out. And yes, to I to- totally agree. Because <laughs> I feel like sometimes it might be just just as you you mentioned it, it made me really relate to that, that sometimes it's the courage. It's just mm-hmm. takes the courage to follow something that you feel you've been, you know, has been tugging on your heart. Because I do think that all of us have the ability to use our own talents and uh, mm-hmm. use our own passion for something, something that's specific to us that we can offer to the world. And it's just a matter of tapping into that, finding out what that unique thing is for you. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you have to go full tilt and devote your entire life to one specific cause, but you could maybe carve out some time in your life, in your week to uh, give a little bit of your time and energy to something that matters to you that helps other people. And I'm sure you can um, also attest to the fact that it's amazing and incredible what you get in return for um, these type of things. When when you just give of yourself in service to some way, to some cause, to help other people, it's um, it becomes something that you, you almost can't stop doing because of how how much you receive in return, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And just the community that you, you gain in doing in, in doing that too, is, has been amazing to just meet new people and to, and even if it's not in the same realm of, you know, what I, what I am passionate about isn't what someone else is passionate about, but just be able to connect about things that we genuinely care about and love. And yeah, I think everybody has, is sent here with gifts and they're all so diverse. And I think that's what's so awesome about it is that we can all contribute in some small way. And yeah, it doesn't have to be something big. I think sometimes we think that and that feels so overwhelming and heavy and we talk ourselves out of doing anything. You know, I think foster care people think, you know, I don't think I can foster or adopt a child. And so sometimes people think, I don't think there's anything that I can really do in this, in this space. And so it's just remembering that little things can make such a huge impact and um, such a ripple effect. And just like we were talking about earlier, just supporting the work that you or these other organizations are doing, that is making a difference. You know, you don't have to commit to being a foster family or Mm -hmm. doing, you know, if you feel in your heart that you could take that on, that's amazing. And, you know, worth following that, that tug, but maybe it's just something small and all of these little, um, you know, actions 
can can really make a difference. And mm-hmm. there's something that I like to speak to my guests about, um, kind of as we're wrapping up our interview here, uh, a topic that I'm hopeful will be the main theme of this podcast is a topic of compassion. And I love hearing different people's definitions and thoughts about compassion. So I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind, could you tell me what compassion means to you? Yeah, as I was thinking about that, I feel like compassion is maybe slowing down and taking a moment to maybe think a little bit deeper about someone else. I think it's maybe putting on, you know, we all wear lenses in life. If you think about it, we all have a pair of glasses on that that we see the world through. And those lenses are basically our experiences and things that we've been through. Those shape the way that we see the world. And I feel like when we look with compassion, we see people differently. And so for me, it's kind of trying to see others through a different lens, taking the time, pushing through that like natural response to just make an assumption really quickly on a surface assumption, but looking a little bit deeper, slowing down, taking the time to maybe listen in a different way where we can get to know somebody. And once we try and do that, then we, it changes everything. It changes the way that we see them and see, see the world really. So I guess that's kind of how I view compassion. Everything that you've said here today is just so inspiring. And I really thank you for taking the time because uh, not only are you talking about this, you know, passion that you're specifically um, involved in, but also it's about the bigger conversation of how can we all find something like that, that, you know, we we're able to contribute to the, making the world a better place in our own way. And you just gave such great insight to your own personal experience. And I really thank you for that. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. And before we wrap up, uh, I wanted to mention you're going to be launching a website, right? Yes. Amityandanthem.com, is it? <clears throat> yep. Yep. Okay, great. And could you tell us what we'll maybe find there on your site? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really excited. So basically, I wanted to just give people kind of a resource. So there's going to be a couple different things, but there's going to be a space where people can um, go and hear stories. So there's going to be stories shared about, you know, former foster youth, foster parents, um, foster organizations, just kind of anybody touched by foster care in a hopes that we can kind of, you can connect and, and understand and learn Um, And then there's going to be, I'm going to be featuring a nonprofit organization quarterly. So you'll get to know different um, organizations that are specific to foster care. And then I'm also going to have a a do good shop, which is an online shop, um, which I'm really excited about. And it's full of everything in there is artisan handmade by um, women owned small businesses and so we're able to support that. And then 100% of my profit goes back to the featured nonprofit that I'll be um, kind of focusing on for that quarter. That's so cool. So I'm excited. Yeah. I love that. That's such a great <laughs> idea. It's just like this great little hub of all the things that you could want to or need to know about foster care. That's so cool. And I love that you're featuring different nonprofits. That's a great idea. And speaking of your nonprofits that we can support. So I just want to mention them one more time before we close. And I'll also add links to these in your episode. But so it's the Dallas Fort Worth Angels. You serve as a board member and we can donate to that nonprofit, correct? 
Yes, you can donate. You can, um, like I said, there's those programs that people can go online and, and look more, you know, find out more about ways to get involved. We have events coming up and just lots of great ways to be involved there. Awesome. And Cas- CASA, I want to make CASA. sure I'm saying that right. CASA, <laughs> yeah. you can either donate, can you donate to that organization or is it just you? Yep. Have- okay. Yep. You can absolutely donate and people can also find a CASA in their, wherever they're located. And, you know, there's ways to get involved there as well, volunteering or donating. So yeah, we could definitely have those links. That's awesome. Yes. I will share everything here in your episode. And I just want to say thank you again from the bottom of my heart for taking the time because this was just such a great conversation. And I think that you're putting a lot of great energy out into the world. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode of the Be The Good podcast, please like, comment and share. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts or your favorite Google Play app. And be sure to follow me on Instagram for daily inspiration at b.thegood. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember that we can all find our own way to be the good.